0: Can I find the light in all this darkness? Can I paint what my eyes can't see? Will I ever find my way around this? Will I ever find the beautiful in me? Hello, and welcome to Listen Well, a Lovewell podcast. The Lovewell Institute for the Creative Arts is an arts education not for profit where students from around the world have been conceiving, writing, and performing original full length musicals since 1989. Tonight, we've got a new episode in our Lovewell Rewind series, where we take a look back at musicals from the Lovewell vault with interviews from original creators and the complete audio of the show. Tonight's musical is Taking Root, a groundbreaking musical, written by the students and staff of Lovewell Fort Lauderdale Teen back in 2005. Now, I can't assign a Session 1 or a Session 2 for this one, because this musical is from before the days when we started doing two sessions. But here's the official synopsis of that show. Mother Nature has infinite wisdom. Through a series of vignettes, a group gathers down by an old oak tree and learns the lessons she has to offer. Stick to your roots. Reflect the light of your own true nature. Learn to let go like the leaves in the fall. In one sequence, an artist who is slowly going blind is searching for inspiration for her final painting. With the guidance of her husband, she is able to finally find the beautiful in me. That's right, just in time for spring, tonight's all-natural musical is the down-to-earth classic Taking Root, which was the first Lovewell experience for many of our current Lovewell staff members, including the two that you will hear from tonight. Remember, this show was completely written by the students that you'll hear performing it. With the help of their staff, they brainstormed every plot point, came up with every melody, wrote every scene, and choreographed every dance. Our two guests tonight both made their Lovewell debuts in Taking Root. You've seen them countless times in workshops around the world ever since. This is a little extra fun because they both mention the other person several times throughout their interviews, and they had no idea that the other one was being interviewed. You'll notice that I edited the interviews a little differently than usual. Um, I really wished that we could have been in the same room for this one, because these two, their interviews were just fantastic. So what I did was I chopped it up a little bit differently, zigzags a bit more than usual, Uh, think of this as my attempt to make it feel more like we were all in the same room together. It is definitely longer than our usual Love Wall Rewind interviews, but it is so worth your time. Please make sure your seatbelts are buckled, because otherwise this interview will knock you right out of your seat. Let's welcome Angela Miller and Jason J. Party Pomerantz. Angela, Jay Party, welcome to Listen Well. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hello, Ty's. Thank you so much for having me.
2: (laughs) Thanks for having me, Tyler. Uh, It's great to be
1: here. What
0: have you been up to
2: lately, Ange?
1: Well, I um, am living in Hamilton Heights, New York City. I just moved uh, one week ago. And I have been living in New York for about two years now, and I'm finishing up my master's degree. I'm getting my master's of science in education in mental health counseling. So I'll graduate in May, um, and then I'll work towards getting my license. And for now, I am working at Fordham University, where I'm also getting my degree, and I'm also doing my internship um, at an eating disorder clinic for young women and older women, all women and uh that's that what else am i doing i'm also uh engaged so i'm planning a wedding and uh, i'm loving my life in new york right now so things are going really well
0: congratulations on that engagement i'm sure my invite is already in the mail and yes i will be the best man and the maid of honor at the wedding thank you so much for asking jason same question are you getting married soon No, I'm kidding. What have you been up to these days?
2: Well, that is a lot. I am a musician. I live in New York City, and I spend most of my time either writing music, teaching music, or playing music with people, sort of in different chunks of the day. But uh, my big project that I just finished is a musical that I'm trying to get produced for a workshop. And I teach an amazing group of kids from uh, ranging in ages from 5 to 15 on piano and I love doing that and I also just do transcriptions for random musicals or friends who need songs written down I do uh, producing for recordings I just do everything musical that I can do and of course I spend most of my time just thinking about Love Well and when I will do it next. All right, so we're going to be talking firsts
0: here with both of you, but before we jump into Taking Root, which I know was your first Lovewell process, Angela and Jason, uh, Angela, I want to talk about your first Lovewell experience, which predates Taking Root at, uh, Pope John Paul II High School, now, of course, St. John Paul Academy, and their production of Peace of Mind, which was actually the first show from the Lovewell catalog to be licensed to a high school. What was it like being in a show that your future friends created, and how did it make you want to start doing your own Love All Shows?
1: Yes, peace of mind, Friday at nine. That's what we chanted at the Florida State Thespians competition back when I was a freshman in high school, peace of mind, Friday at nine. So before we went to States, though, I did lights, I, I did the spotlights for it when we did it. We did like a short run of it at Pope or St. John's Academy, I'm not sure, whatever it's called now. And then somebody got sick or something. So I was able to go to States with it, which was awesome. That was I have such fond, awesome memories of of that time. So like not only was it sort of my introduction to high school theater, which changed my life but it was also my introduction to Lovewell which changed my life. I'll never forget the day that Cassie and Carrie came to Pope, they came to a rehearsal. So Ryan McCall was our was doing the music direction for it. So I got to know him a little bit, but I didn't know as much about Lovewell. And then Carrie and Cassie came one day to a rehearsal and talked to us a little bit about the how much that show meant to them. Uh, there was a lot of personal reasons and a lot of, you know, their hearts were in that and, and in more ways than, than we could have ever imagined as a bunch of teenagers. And here, that was the first time I ever really understood how, how powerful theater can really be because I was sitting with the people who wrote it. And it is wild when you like to hear you ask that question. It makes me kind of emotional when you say like, how was it to, to do the show created by, uh, your later friends. And that, that's really wild. And it's wild thinking about now how kids are doing shows that I was a part of the creative process for, because it was that, you know, it was, I, in some rendition, I played the role of Cassie. You know, it says that in the script, my brother played the role of Dr. Jacob, you know, or my friend played Gabby. It's in those were the roles, and those are, you know, some of my best friends. So it's 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 really wild to think that way, um, to think about it like that now. Uh, And they did become my best friends, and Lovewell became my family. And um, so I owe a lot. I owe a lot to Peace of Mind Friday at Nine.
0: That show, Peace of Mind, it deals with some heavy issues, right? I mean, it's it's not like it, this was a high school producing The Music Man or something, and no offense to The Music Man, but the show tackles some poignant themes, right?
1: The show was um, about very sort of mature subject matter, right? It's about a man um, in a coma, and you never see that man, but you see the rest of his life and all of his sort of interpersonal relationships um, around him at, in his last days, and it's, it's beautifully told through flashbacks, cutting to present moments and, and the relationships that he's had in his past and the relationships he's had with – that he's currently having with doctors. And it's, it's – you think like, man, how are a bunch of teenagers going to be able to tell this story? This is so um, – not like anything that they could have ever totally experienced. And it makes me think of all the shows that are being produced now – Lovewell shows at high schools, Um, and even though that, even though that show felt very far from maybe our experience, it was written by our peers. So there's this level of accessibility in it that is sort of unparalleled by other quote-unquote professional shows or other uh, shows that were written by professionals and sort of produced more globally. There is um, a level, a degree of which you know we can tell a story as teenagers that was written by teenagers, um, because even though the the subject matter might have been a little bit mature, the values and uh, sort of the messages were, were very much aligned with ours. And I think that's what what goes on with other Lovewell shows that are that are being produced and at the uh, at the high school level. There's not a whole lot for high school students to to do. There's a lot of shows about older people or or younger people um, or people who have experienced parts of life that a high schooler has yet to experience. Um, and what's interesting about Lovewell shows is even though maybe the subject matter hasn't been experienced, the messages and the value systems align with high schoolers because it was written by high schoolers. And that's what makes it so unique and uh, the storytelling so authentic.
0: I couldn't agree more. And... My apologies, once again, to the Music Man people. If it makes you feel any better, there is no amount of money I wouldn't pay to see a production of that show with Seth MacFarlane in the title role, so do with that what you will. Now, switching gears a bit, party. Uh, Taking Root was your first
2: Lovewell experience. How did you first hear about the program? What inspired you to join? So I didn't start Lovewell until the summer before I left for college, which was always a huge regret for me. I wished I had done more as a student but I found out about it from my good friend Jacob Jeffries, the lovewell famous lovewellite Jacob Jeffries. Who, you know, I'm not telling any tales out of school here. When I say that, if Jacob Jeffries tells you to do something, you do it. Uh, so that was what I did. I, you know, I I knew Jacob from being a choir boy. You know, we were choir boys together, singing the old uh, choral tunes, and I would see him. You know tickling those ivories around the choir room. I said, how, how can I be like this guy? Uh, so he told me about it. I went, and the rest is history. Jason, the first few days in a Lovewell process
0: are difficult for everyone, but they can be especially difficult for first-time students who might not know any of the other students in the workshop. Can you talk a little bit about what that felt like, uh, how you worked through it, and how you see students working through that today?
2: So I can remember... My first days at Lovewell as being really nervous and stressful for me. Uh, I don't think it's that way for everyone, but I am an introvert i I was a very shy student at the time um, and I had a tough time you know just talking to people so um, I remember it just being stressful to think I'm gonna meet these people I'm gonna share my ideas with them we're gonna write a musical together we're gonna sit in this brainstorming circle? What's a brainstorming circle? I don't know. We're we're brainstorming. What do these ideas mean? How are we going to put these into a musical? It all just really confused me and was a lot of chaos, um, which I grew to love later. But jumping in the first time, it's kind of like jumping off of a cliff. Uh, And it feels great once you get off. But um, the great thing about Lovewell is that it's a real community of people that are going to look out for everybody so it's not it doesn't take too long before everybody becomes friends with everybody i remember the first day i made friends with a guy named kyle who later went on to play paris hilton in the musical excellently shout out to kyle um and eventually i became friends with everyone just by virtue of sharing our ideas and creating something together which is so cool you have this thing bringing you together even if you're not the kind of person who easily you know goes up to new people and you know makes friends instantly this is the environment where you're going to have all kinds of different people and they're going to get to see each other's brilliance and greatness you know and learn from each other and become friends through that um, even some people you may never you know, expect to be friends with. It's, it's really cool, and it's just a great experience if you can get through those first initial scared moments, if you are the kind of person, who, like me, who's going to get nervous about that kind of thing. Thank you, Jason.
0: Now, Ange, what was it like actually writing, taking root? So far on Listen Well, we focused on our Lovewell productions that have a more linear narrative, but this show has a very different structure from the other ones we've listened to. It was a series of vignettes or shorter stories based on and around a theme. How did you make it to that point in the writing process, and how was that different from other Lovewell shows that you might have worked on?
1: Yeah, so I learned what the word... I learned what the concept of vignette versus linear was writing, taking fruit. That was like, those were like the buzzwords of the summer. I felt like people said it all. It was like one of those things where it's like you learned it. And so everyone couldn't stop using it in any conversation or sentence that they ever could. Um, up until probably the, the, the minute before we started writing the opening number, our show was going to be, you know, typical Lovewell fashion. It was completely different until the last minute. We were gonna write about um, the Lynchburg trials, and that was really where we were. We were there for three days, and we were writing that. And that's that was what was going around the brainstorming circle. And then something happened in that last go around, where somebody took out a book that they read. It's one of those like coffee table books. It's like a little, it's a little book, and it was I think it's called um, Wisdom from a Tree or Things I Learned from a Tree. And I think the idea was to get inspired by one of the quotes from the book. Um, and then we ended up being inspired by the whole book, <laughs> and uh, and we wrote Taking Root, which was literally sort of all of these, as you said, vignette stories based off of wisdoms you can learn from a tree. So Learn to Let Go, Like Leaves in the Fall was one, Branching Out was one. Um, I'll think of others as we... Oh, one was Reflect the Light of Your Own true nature just so, so so lovely um so there there was a bunch of those and we took all of those kinds of quotes and broke them up into and that that inspired the vignette so as as all of you or most of you or if you've been through a lovewell process i'm sure you know vignettes are sort of short stories short vignettes short scenelets um that sort of follow along this theme and linear storytelling would be following one storyline from start to finish. So each of those, uh, wisdoms from a tree inspired or was the title of this vignette. Um, and what is really exciting about that is that we were able to sort of combine all of the things that were really exciting us in the Lovewell circle and be able to act like appropriately give attention to each of those things that we were feeling really passionate about. Um, What is hard about writing something like that is sort of getting lost in the storytelling. And like, where do you cap off sort of what stories you tell? Um, But what was exciting for someone who had never written a show before, or who had never been in part of Lovewell before, I mean, truly everything like was possible, like everything was on the table. um, As far as it was what we wanted to tell. I mean, we we managed to work in a lot of different things into that. We, we wrote this funny um, song about uh, a man trying to find, like going through the uh, newspaper to look for a date and all the different women that had their uh, little, what's that called? Classifieds, the classifieds in a newspaper. Um, all the way to uh, this this really beautiful song that I got to sing with, with Cassie and Stephanie Gomez about uh, the three different points of view of relationships with a soldier who had gone off to war. And it was the, from the perspective of the soldier's wife and the soldier's mother and the soldier's daughter, which was really beautiful. And we all the way to writing a song about like a river dancer, I think, or like a Lord of the dance um, coming through and like stomping on a quarter in the street. I don't, so, so that's, that's sort of the beauty of a vignette show. All three of those sort of, uh, independently unique stories were told within one and it made sense. Um, functionally sort of as a, as a writer. And I would imagine for the Lovewell staff at the time, it makes it really easy to, um, not easy, easy is not the right word, but it makes it, uh, more manageable, I guess, if there's a larger group, because you can send a group over here to write this thing, and a group of here to, over here to write this thing, and a group of to, over here, and and that was what I was just so in awe of as as a 13 year old, just how quickly everything was happening, and and how I was a part of it, and um, you know, going to write my first song with Ryan. I mean, it's these things you just don't really forget. You don't forget going to that first group and being a part of the songs that you wrote for the first time.
0: That is a great segue into our next question, which is for Jason. Can you describe your first songwriting experience at Lovewell? Do you remember what students you were with, what staff, uh, what was the song? Um, Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Wow. So, I love to sort of relive this moment in my head because my first songwriting moment in Lovewell was kind of just magic. It was transformative for me in my life. I had not, I didn't realize at the time that I started Lovewell how much I loved songwriting. I hadn't written a song with somebody else who knew how to write songs ever in my life. And it was this moment on the first, I think, Friday of Lovewell that I discovered this big part of me had been missing completely. So we walked into the room. We were at the... uh, The the year we started, uh, that I started, we were doing Lovewell in the lunchroom at university school in South Florida. And we went into a little side room where there was a piano and sat down with Ryan McCall, the music director of our session and ryan is at the time i didn't realize he would become one of my you know most uh like valued friends and mentors that i have in my life but uh, you know it's just crazy how this stuff happens but so ryan i remember ryan was at the piano and uh i know a lot of my now good friends were in the room i think you know I'm pretty sure I remember Megan Nagy being there. Um, I would, I think, Michael Fink, uh, Angela Miller, Cassie Spangler must have been there. I, I think there were a lot of people in there, and I remember Jamie and Carrie, Jamie Johnson and Carrie Gilchrist being there um, in the room. And I just remember thinking this is so cool what we're doing right now ryan sat down at a piano and started playing something we had to write um an opening number about this tree that was going to be a centerpiece in the musical about this oak tree the song was about this old oak tree and that was kind of the beginning of the chorus i remember and i just remember sitting there not really being able to say much of anything Uh, But I was just sitting there sort of in awe of what what Ryan was doing and how everybody else in the room was just yelling out, you know, their ideas. And I thought they were all really cool. And I felt stupid for not being able to say my ideas. Um, So I started writing um, something on my notepad thinking, oh, this sucks. It won't fit in anywhere. Um, and I wrote down a little, like, poem stanza, and I had a melody to it in my head, but I thought, this is terrible. And Jamie Johnson looked over my shoulder and said, what's that? And I said, oh, I wrote this thing. I don't think it fits. And she said, oh, well, can you sing it? And so I, I sang it to Ryan, and it turned into the bridge of the, of the song. And I got to sing that bridge in the show. And I was, like, I don't know. I was just sort of so happy that I had contributed something and I felt really empowered by that. And that was sort of the start of me uh, being able to feel like I had a voice in the process and a voice as a writer and it was just a really transformative moment. I think that's the best word for it uh, that I really cherish a lot. Now. As for the second part of your question, how my process, the songwriting process has changed since then, uh, I think I went from, I've kind of come full circle um, from then where I, I started out as someone very listening focused, you know, I and I, I wasn't going to say a lot, um, and then I sort of found my voice, and then I, you know, became very strong in my voice over the next few years. and writing songs as an intern uh, and an assistant uh, in the program, you know, I, I knew what I wanted to do. And I, I guided songwriting sessions and I wrote songs I was really proud of and collaborated with other people on. And uh, it was so cool. Um, and then I sort of hit another point in my Lovewell life where I started to really focus on the collaborative and the listening aspect um, which is a part that is a point that I love to be at because I think it's really what Lovewell is about this like letting letting your abilities bring out the best in other people and letting other people's abilities bring out the best in you I feel like the coolest songs and the coolest experiences I've had in Lovewell come from that I want other people students, I want new students to have that same songwriting experience that I had on the fifth day of my first love well, where they say something and they find their voice and they find their place in the process. Um, it not only is an amazing thing to see a student do that, but I feel like I, as a writer, have learned immensely from The people at Lovewell from writing songs, hearing all these different perspectives. I feel like a a lot of times you can trust a group of people um, more than you can trust your own taste in a particular moment. But in order to do that, you have to be able to sort of let go of your idea a little bit, and you have to, you know, I feel like I've gotten more and more experience over the years in the in writing songs with lovewell writing songs with a group where i i know i can give up the reins and i know i can let it really be truly the students voices and it's going to be great um and i can and i can still feel ownership of it and i can still feel really fulfilled by it even if i know most of this didn't come from me um, it's, it's such a cool thing to, to see a show that really represents collaboration and all these voices coming in, and you can sort of feel it in a good show that that's what happened. Now, Angela,
0: we often describe Lovewell, well, not just you and I, I mean, we as in the editorial we, as a multidisciplinary arts experience because we need so many different skill sets to help write a musical. As a student, you probably came into this process as someone who considered themselves primarily a vocalist. But over the years, you've music directed, script edited, and even directed processes in both junior and teen. So I guess this is two questions. One, how has your role changed over the years? And two, what advice would you give to a student that considers themselves sort of creatively stuck in one box to get outside that box and explore.
1: Okay, so to answer that first question, how has my role changed over the years? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, did. I mean, I did come into Lovewell sort of knowing that I wanted to break out a little bit into, into sort of what I had known to be true to my ability to perform. So I wanted to do something more than just a traditional musical theater camp. That much I knew, but I didn't know the degree to which I would be able to do it. Yeah. So in that way, my role has evolved in that I, you know, Lovewell gave me, um, a place to explore all of the different areas of storytelling that I didn't know I was passionate about or good at really until that first summer until taking root. Um, and so then over the years I would continue to sort of develop these skills that I didn't realize were probably there already. They just I, I just hadn't had any place or or opportunity to really tap into them. Um, so that made my role sort of develop into uh, student to joining the staff and taking on some leadership roles um, to continue to guide students. And that that circle continues to happen every day. If, you know, as as the students who I not only is the students I went through Lovewell with, you know, my friends and I, you, Tyler, now having this this wonderful role that is helping so much with the Lovewell community and all of everybody, you know, taking different leadership roles to help continue the Lovewell process, but also the the wildest thing that is so heartwarming is like all of the people were little kids when that, that I first, when I was the first on staff, you know, Adele Oliver, Brian Brandt, they, they were children when they started and now they're all grown up and, uh, the circle is just ever, ever flowing and it's really beautiful to watch. And to the second question, which is what advice do I have? You know, I don't know that I have advice because I don't. I don't think I guess I guess if if I could have any advice it would just say you know open and open yourself and open your eyes and and be okay with open but I would imagine that any student that's coming to level is already already is is coming there because they're feeling you know ready to explore something other than just um you know sort of a traditional musical theater camp and the reason I say I don't really have any advice is because I didn't I didn't know it's this like I don't know, this organic thing that I felt like happened to me where um, I was there and I was thinking that I was just going to sing and, and act and and that was how I was going to contribute. And it wasn't like there was one day there was this, this decision where I was like, okay, I'm going to now be a part of this process as opposed to sit on the sidelines. Um, you're immersed in it from the second that you walk in. So it's hard to say like what what advice I would give other than just go. And if you're feeling sort of like you're having some, in you know, any sort of inhibitions or anything that's sort of making you feel like, oh, this isn't my lane. I, I don't know how to do this. Um, that's okay. That's okay to think those things. And it's okay to feel scared if it's like, okay, well, I'm only, you know, I'm, I'm a singer or I'm a dancer or I'm a writer. You know, the classic story from Taking Root is that Jason Pomerantz um Went, went into the program and said, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just going to write. I'm not going to sing or I'm not going to do anything. I, I really just want to write. Um, and that's what he did for the whole time. And then he sang something once uh, to, like, show us how it was sung. And we were like, "Uh, well, you're going to have to be in the show now. <laughs> you sound very beautiful. Um, but nobody pressured him. Nobody told him that he had to or didn't have to. Um, and I feel like there's a Jason Pomerantz in every, in every level that I've done since then, you know, the student who's like, um, I really will, I'm really into this, but I'd really rather just play in the pit if that's okay. And it is, it's totally okay. Uh, but something happens along those three weeks. Uh, and I can't quite explain it, but things that you didn't think that you could do or things you didn't want to do, you, you do uh, because you're supported and because I think maybe because there's this this vibe in the air that it that you can, and also you don't have to. But I think that there is this understanding and support that this is a place to try something you didn't know you wanted to do, and also maybe learn that this was the thing you're supposed to do.
0: Now, Party, you are an old hat at this whole LoveWell thing by now but what about the Lovewell process remains new and exciting for you every year that you return? How do you continue to grow as an artist and as an educator?
2: So every year that I come to Lovewell on the first day, I I still have this same wonderful feeling of anticipation and excitement and sort of endless possibility. Um, And it's really because... There's no possible way that any two Love Well processes can be the same, and it's because of the people. There's always going to be a new group of people with a new energy to it and a new story that's going to be told because of the students that are there. Um, for me, uh, the coming up with the story and the, the writing of the story is uh, I think the most important part and maybe the part that I'm least – at least at the start, I was least um, comfortable in. And it's something that I've always really wanted to grow at, and I try my best to grow at it each year. Um, And I think it really has become so important to me in music too. Um, But I get so excited every year about meeting the students and seeing what kind of magical world they're going to come up with or what kind of important story they're going to tell or what kind of inner passion or inner struggle that they're revealing in their lives through the story that they want to tell that's something that you know will never get old to me which is why i love to keep coming back to love that, that's you know why i'm here it's to hear that story and to see the students get to voice it it's the coolest thing it's that moment when you're in the brainstorming circle the first week and somebody says the idea that everybody latches onto, to, and ev- you'll feel sort of an electric energy in the room when somebody says an idea that you know is going to go somewhere. And that happens because it's something that resonates with everybody in the room, and um, it turns into something that allows all of the students to sort of bring out what's going on in their lives, which is the coolest, most exciting thing. And we do it by creating this this made-up, creative, imaginary world on the stage. Um, that just never really gets old to me. As far as growing as an artist and educator, I feel like I grow a ton every year that I'm in Lovewell as an artist. Um, not only is Lovewell kind of like an artistic rejuvenation time for me, it's a time that I'm reminded of how quickly things can get done because um, I'm often just very slow and methodical when I write uh, in the lonely <laughs> caverns of my apartment but um, it's also a way to sort of temper my taste as an artist. I feel like I take in, I spend love well taking in all of these other people's tastes and it sort of refines the way that I write because I realize oh like somebody showed me this new thinking about melody this year and it's based off of pop or folk or or something else that or something i don't even listen to you know and it becomes part of my subconscious writing palette um it's kind of cool to be influenced by hundreds and hundreds of people over time um just by virtue of the fact that you were in a room collaborating together. I think it's the best way to grow as a writer because you take in all these different experiences and it becomes part of you. Um, as an educator, I feel like for me it's mostly uh, the places I hope I'm growing are as a facilitator. I'm trying to like make the conscious decision of going into every love well, thinking, you know, Who can I encourage today to help find their voice? And that's what I want. I want to tell these stories. I want to encourage the the students and the staff to tell their stories and get their voice out in the best way they possibly can and to empower them not only in that way but in any other way possible, Um, And which is a really tall order, but we should all be doing that for each other.
0: Love that. It's always great to be reminded that the only way to really help yourself in a collaborative environment is to make sure you're helping others. While we're on the subject of education and continued education, Angela, as you wrap up your graduate education, how has Lovewell helped you along the way, and what new stuff from school are you looking forward to bringing to workshops this summer?
1: Oh man, there are I don't even know where to begin with addressing the ways in which Lovewell has helped me along the way. Um, if I if I could put it into words, um, I think that the most impactful way that Lovewell has helped me is or the or the biggest sort of gift that I got from Lovewell that has has helped me in all of my different creative career uh, or non-creative career endeavors, um, is to, uh, be able to sort of go with the flow and be able to think on my feet. Um, and I added in that career and non, or sorry, I added in that creative and non-creative career endeavors. And what I mean by that is I've, you know, in this current Job and this current career that I'm in, mental health counseling, it isn't sort of traditionally a creative career, you know, as far as performing is concerned. Um, but I think what I am doing and what I'm enjoying about it is is exploring the ways in which I can approach therapy and mental health counseling from a creative lens, um, which sort of goes along this line of the affirmations, right? All my needs will always be supplied by my understanding of creativity. And that feels very true to me. I feel like if I'm ever stuck or if I'm ever um, unsure or uncertain, or if my clients are ever stuck or unsure or uncertain, um, creativity gives us options. And I feel like that has been sort of the basis of my clinical work, um, is exploring options. And when you think about it, that's really the basis of Lovewell is exploring options and then seeing the ways in which they can come together to create a story. And a lot of times with my work, it's, it's looking at all of our different options, giving ourselves options that we might have, um, deemed, Sort of unavailable to us in the past or they were deemed unavailable to us from another person Um, by exploring some of those options again that are within us or available to us it allows us to sort of recreate a narrative um and that's that's so much of work is uh, therapy work is is recreating narratives and lovewell is creating a narrative so it's it's the ways in which creativity and, um, the therapeutic process align are, are truly countless. Um, but I think those two, I would say like thinking on my feet as a clinician and also working with my clients to explore options are two ways in which I really see this connection between, um, creating at Lovewell and, and being a creative, therapist, um, which is different from being a creative arts therapist. I just mean sort of working creatively, which is something I hope to do no matter what I do. Um, and this second question, what, what do I want to bring to Lovewell? I've been thinking about that a lot. And, um, it's, it's interesting because I feel like the things that I want to, that have been so, you know, I will have these moments every once in a while when I'm like leading a group. Or um, leading a creative arts group with my clients, or leading any sort of group on values, or body image, or culture, or um, family dynamics. Sometimes I think, like, wow, this would be really, this could be really interesting in a in a creative process. So there might be some of those things I might bring into the room, um, things that I've facilitated with groups um, clinically. But I think somatically, there's this there's this concept that I keep going back to. Uh, in my clinical work, which is um, this concept of both and, which we talk about so much at Lovewell or, or in the theater world in general, in the creative arts or performing arts world, m- maybe more so we'll hear it worded as yes and, this this improv technique of let me take what my partner is giving me and add on to it rather than saying no and cutting it off um, in order to keep the scene going or in order to keep the... Uh, the the relationship on stage and the performance going. Um, but in, in therapy, this, this use of both and I've really uh, found facilitative because it's of this idea of not using the word but or having exceptions for your own emotional experience, this idea of like, uh, I, I want to go, but I'm feeling tired or um, that's not a great example. Like I, I, I want to do this thing, or I want to be a part of this, or I am this, but I'm this sometimes gives this message that like there's this exception. Um, but using the word and sort of goes back to this idea of giving yourself an option, right? Like I am this and I'm this, or I want this and I'm this, um, to continue to sort of you know, reframe some thought processes that 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 two things can exist at the same time or multiple things can exist at the same time or, or can be happening at the same time. Um, and I think that that is something that is sort of this circle of like maybe something that creative arts gave to me that I, clinically I, and now I sort of want to give it back in maybe a different kind of way um, or, or maybe a more nuanced way as far as not, not just for the students on stage, but during the writing process, I don't know. That's, that's not, that's not finessed yet, but that's something I've been thinking about a lot is how helpful this yes. And concept is in the world of theater and how helpful this concept of both and has been clinically. So I don't know, stay tuned more on, more on that.
3: All right.
0: Now I have the most serious question I've asked any of you this entire interview process. Jason, I know that this story has been told before, but it has never been recorded by any microphone in the history of microphones. Can you please explain to us the origin of the nickname J-Party?
2: I'm so glad to finally have this story on record where it belongs. Um, J-Party, it is it has been my nickname since the first summer that I started Lovewell and Angela Miller may be able to tell the story better than I can, but I'll give it my best shot. Um, so f- the story begins back way before Lovewell. Um, as a teenager, you know, the kids today might not remember this, but there was this thing called AOL Instant Messenger, and you would go on there after school to, you know, see the haps, what was going on, with with your friends back in the day even you know if they weren't your friends you would just go into chat rooms and chat with people um so I was struggling to come up with a name for AOL Instant Messenger my screen name and I used to sign my signature my name is Jason Pomerance. and Pomerance is a very you know it's a pretty long name with a lot of characters in it it's got a Z at the end Um, and I was just too lazy when I would sign my signature for anything. I was too lazy to write Pomerance. So whenever I sign my signature to this day, I write J Party as fast as I can. And it looks like a bunch of squiggles, but I write J Party. So I decided I was gonna make J Party my name my screen name. My screen name was J Party59. 59 59 because Jason has five letters and Pomerance has nine letters. So J Party is really my name in a nutshell, Um, J Party 59. So anyway, flash forward to my first summer of Lovewell. We get some way into the session, and I believe it was Angela asked me what my screen name was, and I told her it was J Party 59. Um, And I think she just thought that was hilarious and started calling me J Party. And, you know, the name stuck and I kind of still love it. It makes people think I'm a party animal, which, you know, in certain respects I am and others maybe not so much. But, you know, I love for people to think I am initially. And, um, yeah, it's great. I I love the name. I don't think I'll ever get rid of it, probably. But who knows? Uh, Let's hope not. Anything else you two would like to add? I'd just like to say thanks for having me Tyler you are the pod host of pod hosts and I miss you a lot and to any Lovewell people or potential Lovewell people out there I hope to see you this summer
1: oh no I think I've said enough Um, thank you for doing this I love the Listen Well podcast it's an honor to be on it and I'm so 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 excited to be returning to Lovewell this summer
0: thank you both very very much oh the show is about to begin All right now, please no talking during the show. Unwrap any hard candies now and take as many pictures as you'd like because the actors are at places and the curtain is rising for Taking Root, a groundbreaking musical.
4: little Georgie.
3: What? Don't you remember that
4: classic episode, Irina? No, I'm only 15. Ouch! I'm old and I'm so washed up I'll never be again. <laughs> 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 uh, oh! And now, let's introduce our judges for today's final round. Say good day to our pageant's founder from Down Under, Steve Dundee! Good day. Next, we have international supermodel Thank you In the desert, just to save their own lives. How thoughtful. Miss. Huh. <laughs> <Very good laughs> <laughs> Miss Kansas, if you had the
5: power to change something, I already heard know. the question. I would change the way that abuses are investigated in Guantanamo, and I would try to make sure that everyone, whether innocent or guilty, is given a fair trial. Uh uh-huh.
3: <laughs>
4: <Next. laughs> money we give to help stop the spread of AIDS throughout Africa, and I'd implement a real plan to help promote education for all people. Why didn't I think of that? Because I'm not an idiot!
6: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I change our dependence on oil and all fossil fuels, and I would dedicate my time to researching new energy sources. Good idea! Or
3: not <laughs>
4: I would change the fact that women are not paid equally for doing the same jobs and I would promote the rights and freedoms of women around the world okay our <laughs> <Figure. laughs>
3: welcome
7: Stream makeup because beauty is truly (laughs) singing.
3: builds it all-
6: Trust
4: me, as a fashion designer, I know pink is always in for boys. Roberto!
3: It's a really hot shirt, it's a it the fashion
6: I love this
8: man. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Get it on? Wait. Wait.
8: <laughs> <laughs> okay, rule <Roll> number four. <laughs> I'm bad with those numbers, right? Um, when you're feeling blue, throw yourself a party oh
4: <laughs> A party!
8: <laughs> I love parties
6: with um, the party people. Guys, parties make me nervous. I don't like parties. I've only had one party, and, and it only involved my grandma, my dog, Gucci.
8: But Gucci died. Uh, me. party. Wow, you're
7: sad.
8: Anyway, we have like, a really great exercise.
4: Now that you've gained some kindness, it's time to try out your new hot self. Um, ask
8: that girl to dance, but with doing it with, like, total confidence, like you want to dance with her, but you really don't care. Uh, uh, how am I supposed to do
4: that? I don't care. Well, you ask her to dance, but then, like, look over her shoulder the entire time and laugh like you just heard P. Diddy telling a hilarious joke about wearing white after Labor Day. <laughs> like, last night.
6: <that's laughs> <why>. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> Labor Day. Um, um, so, so I should look at her, or wait,
8: no, I should not look at her. But laugh, sort of. Just rock your hot picture shirt, and you should be total walking hotness. She think
7: he's hot?
8: Totally not. I know. Um, hi. You, you want to dance or
6: whatever? <laughs> <laughs> Um, guys,
8: it,
4: it didn't go very well
6: at all. Yeah, you
8: failed. Well, I guess you're just not hot enough. Your laugh, your is weird.
4: Um,
8: and I definitely think that shirt's on backwards. What? You
6: tore my hotness, coaches. You failed. I, I don't need you or this stupid
3: shirt.
6: Where'd you be hot? I'm just me. And if people don't like it, well, tough noogies, okay? And you know what, you know what? I'm not changing for anybody because cause I'm just me. And, and I'm gonna go over, over there, and I'm gonna ask that girl to dance. And, and whether she says yes or no, it'll be based on whether she likes me, got it? Me!
8: Mm. You know, I think that was high.
6: Yeah, totally. I, I'm Carrie. I like math, video games, and, and tomato soup.
8: Dance, sure. This totally brings us to rule number five.
4: If anybody tries to change you, remember, be yourself.
8: You know, I definitely think this should be rule number one.
4: Totally. See y'all
8: next time.
4: Democracy.
8: Space travel.
4: Competitions. Aliens.
5: I don't believe in our president. Diet. The Loch Monster. Cloning.
8: I don't believe
3: in ignorance.
4: Prejudice. Hatred. Fear. Insecurity. I don't, I don't believe, believe in divides. I believe in me. <laughs>
3: <gasps>
4: I heard they the world hunger. With a can of Nestle, quick! <gasps>
8: to get them to even listen to us.
4: I think I have an idea.
7: i
6: by the things that money can buy. So I sit back and I saw out all of the world's problems that I see with both my eyes. Right now they're both teary but no prize today because that just hit me. My poetry is used as a symbol to open your eyes for a scene that you need to see. And the moral of that story, money doesn't grow on trees.
0: taking root. For tonight's brief intermission, we'd like to remind you of some exciting things happening in the Lovewell community. Registration is now open for all of our 2018 summer programs. Please head to www.lovewell.org and click apply to book your spot now. Scholarships are available for all programs. Saturday, April 14th from 5.30pm to 8pm, we will be hosting an evening with Nathan Tyson and Nils Petter Engerblom, a benefit concert for the Lovewell Institute for the Creative Arts. We will be serving hors d'oeuvres, drinks, and of course, musical entertainment from two of your favorite musicians, Nathan and Nipe. Limited tickets are still available on our website. As always, we'll be posting new episodes of Listen Well, a Love Well podcast, on the first Thursday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. Later this month, we will have some bonus content for you, so keep an eye out for more information. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, we are also available on iTunes, where you can leave a rating and a review as well. If you like the show, let us know. Oh, the lights just flickered. It's time to get back to the show. Enjoy Act Two of Taking Root.
4: Piece. I'm wearing it. Ow! Oh, how dreadful!
8: Hey, babe.
4: <laughs> this is my husband. Damn. You don't understand. Anyone, because anyone will be at a spring showing if you haven't selected.
7: It's beautiful.
8: At that time, there were arranged marriages. Pretty hard, too. You never knew who you could end up eating dinner with.
3: Mm-hmm.
8: There was one family in particular that caught my attention. So I decided.
5: Many people think that the United States is the best. But that's not what I thought once I moved from South Africa. Once we arrived, I thought it would be fun. But I soon realized it wasn't that fun because I missed all my family and my friends, and nothing is the same. School was the worst. People made fun of me because I didn't speak their English. People asked me tons of questions. that it pretty much the and it wasn't any different i eventually didn't want to make friends i cried and cried and all i wanted to do was to go home but then i started to think to myself everything happens for a reason so once I made up my mind i made tons of friends and i'm much happier now so what you should basically do is jump in have fun keep your roots
0: Thank you all for joining us for tonight's episode of Listen Well, a Love Well podcast. Special thanks to Angela and Jay Party for joining us at Love Well HQ and for your great interviews. Be sure to subscribe and we will see you later this month for some bonus content. And we will be back with a new Love Well Rewind next month. Until then, this is Tyler Grimes reminding you to listen well, create well, love well. Good night.